Welcome back to the Life School Masterclass Show, place where visionary leaders build a life and business legacy on purpose through mindset, branding, marketing, sales, systems, and team so they can make an amazing impact and income and positively affect their communities worldwide. Ensure that you are sharing the show, you're subscribing, and you also are leaving us a review so we can create more amazing content around those areas to help you level up to the next level and also bring amazing guest experts that can share their knowledge and expertise with you so that you can create amazing legacy. All right, purpose-driven entrepreneurs and CEOs, I hope you're doing well. Welcome back to another show, and I'm here with another guest and beautiful conversation. Today, we're going to center our conversation around how to prevent burnout through self-care. And uh, it's such an honor for me to actually have my guest that will be speaking about that, an expert around this topic, Eric Recker. Eric, thanks so much for coming on our show. I can't wait to hear a little bit more regarding your personal journey and also this topic today. Welcome. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. It is such a pleasure. So Eric, I usually don't introduce my guests. So if you could share some of the most meaningful moments that led you to the work that you're doing today, that way we get to know you a little bit better. Yeah, so I'm a dentist by trade. Uh, I have been a dentist for a little over 20 years. Uh, I've also uh, been a dentist who's gone through three rounds of burnout. And part of the reason that uh, I went through so much burnout is uh, some bullying that happened to me when I was younger. And I just kind of became a relentless striver trying to prove those bullies wrong, even though they moved on from me a long time ago. So what I've learned through all of that is that the lessons that I have are lessons that I want to share with other people. I want to help people shorten their distance to becoming their best version. I definitely want to help people not go down the road of burnout that I went on. And so that's kind of my purpose for what I would consider the second half of my life. I'm still a practicing dentist. I see patients three days a week. And then the other days I work on uh, coaching and speaking and helping other people uh, become better versions of themselves. And Kind of my phrase is win the now so that's my my goal is to help people win the now i love that i mean i purposely always ask that question because I, that captures the story right the reason why you do what you do and and how did you actually end up um you know in this uh next phase of your life teaching people how to do something that you probably struggled with so thank you so much for sharing that and i'm so excited also have you share regarding your experience uh, of climbing mount kilimanjaro that must have been quite a, a beautiful journey so i can't wait uh, for you to share a little bit about that as well as we dive into the topic so let's uh let's get into the topic um eric so um, I mean, what are some of the things that people might experience with burnout? And also we'll get into some solutions based on the work that you do daily to help people be more intentional with their self-care, especially I have an audience of entrepreneurs and CEOs, and it seems like <laughs> entrepreneurship takes a lot of our focus, energy, all that good stuff. So Burnout, you know, um, it's it's something that I think in one way or another, we all eventually experience. So love to hear your thoughts around that. 
Yeah, it's been said that 70% of people struggle with burnout. And I wonder if the other 30% are lying because I think we all face it at some point. I guess the people who aren't going to face it probably also are going to be people who aren't watching this podcast. Uh, most of the people who aren't high achievers who are more comfortable on the couch, they're probably more likely to not experience burnout. But other than that, I think most of us are going to go there. And when I went there, it was bad. And I was I was just desperate for a solution, desperate to get out of it. It was it was hard, hard, hard work. And so what I found is I kind of forensically looked back at the times that I was burnt out. There were two things that were in common with all of those. One of them was that I was overcommitted. So I had too much on my plate. There was a point where I was building a new dental practice. I was buying the practice from my father. I was coaching both of my kids in soccer. I was on three nonprofit boards and I was training for Ironman triathlon. I look back and I think, well, Dell, you were burnt out, but I didn't realize it in the time. And so the overcommitted piece is a huge part, but the other part is that I wasn't taking care of myself. I just had the, my foot on the accelerator and it was, yeah, I'll do more. I'll take on more. I'll train more. I'll work more. But the problem is if we're not taking care of ourselves, I, I think we honestly have to be a little bit selfish so that we can be selfless. And what I mean by that is we have to do some things to take care of ourselves. We have to rest a little bit. We have to sleep. Have to anybody who claims that they can live on four hours of sleep for long term and be productive, it's just not true. So I think it's important that we take a look at our lives and realize what are some ways that we can take care of ourselves. And some of that is just putting our phones down and giving our brains a chance to idle a little bit. But those were the things that I saw when I was really burnt out. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. I could so relate. So then my next natural question, just based on what you shared and just knowing my personal experience with this as well, what drives this overcommitment internally that you have seen with your clients and yourself? And, you know, why do we feel the need to overcommit as human beings to things? And then we don't realize what we've done. And then we kind of look at, you know, we, we suffer the consequences in other ways. Yeah. You know, I think there's a lot of reasons. I remember standing on the sidelines of the recess kickball field when I was in second or third grade and not being told that I couldn't play kickball. And I made a pact with myself that I was going to be so good at everything that nobody was ever not going to pick me. It's a pretty powerful mm -hmm. words for a second or third grader to use. So that was kind of my reason that I overcommitted and overstrived because I felt like I still needed to prove those bullies wrong. I didn't realize that until a few years ago that that was kind of my driving force. I think we all have a driving force. Um, sometimes it's we just need to keep raising up the ladder just for the purpose of climbing up the ladder. Well, why? Why are you climbing up the ladder? I think we get overcommitted because we don't know why we're doing what we're doing. We just feel like we have to keep doing or we buy a house we can't afford. Uh, we want cars that we can't afford. We want this lifestyle that really isn't sustainable with where we're at. And the only way to get that is to keep climbing and keep climbing, keep pushing and keep committing. 
Yeah. I'm all for setting goals. I love goals. I love working hard. That's a big part of it. But I think it's critically important that we know why we're doing it. Yeah, it is so true. Everyone has a personal reason why we do what, you know, we overcommit. And you shared your experience and I've shared it many times here as well that, you know, for me was because I was praised so early with my achievements. So I thought that in order to be loved by the people that were most important to me, I had to always be achieving things, right? From one thing to the next and the next and the next. Because deep down, you know, I didn't feel good enough. So I think everyone kind of reflecting back on the reason why do you need to work so much? Why do you need to kind of have that uh, uh, big win, you know, in your life and business? And if it comes from a good place, then maybe that is the, the work uh, and holding space for kind of understanding why is it that we do what we do and why do we want to achieve? Why are we committed to the next thing that is on our place or on our plate? Is it because everyone else is doing it? Is it because again, figuring out, you know, that deeper why definitely um, is, I think, at the root cause of kind of, you know, um, doing this work for ourselves and ensuring that the things we're committing to mean something to us. They're important to us and they're connected to the, the our values and the life we want to create and the things that matter. So um, reading the book Essentialism, I've shared it many times, and this actually, it's a great book to kind of you know, look back and reflect and, and kind of take some time around even the things we say yes to and, and exploring the no. And, you know, I don't know if it's something that I want to kind of work on at this point in time. But yeah, a lot of that is 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 kind of, it takes time to kind of step back and, and reassess what is it that we want to do and what's important. Um, so then based on your work, Eric, what are some of the things that you help your clients with? Um, what's your framework? What's your foundational work that you do uh, to once someone has felt, I guess, the pains around overcommitment and the burnout uh, aspect of things? How can they, once they have this awareness that they have a problem, how is it that they can now move forward to start putting those good habits and steps into place in their lives so that they don't, you know, they don't um, feel the burnout or maybe if they, I don't know if uh, you don't feel burnout 100% ever, but maybe you're more mindful uh, of, of the activities and the things that you work on. Yeah. So one of the things we do is we work together to get clear on people, what people want. What is it that you're trying to get out of this life? Where do you see yourself you know, 10 years, that, that used to be a number that some people use. Now we kind of use five years sometimes. Boy, it's hard to know what the world's going to look like in five years. So we don't even necessarily go that far out. We just think, what do you want in life? What do you want for your family? What do you want for vocationally? What do you want for margin time? What do you want in some of those different areas of your life? And then we try to figure out how we can tailor a life that that lines up with those things that you want. And then we hit we hit systems pretty hard because a life is just a series of systems. We have a system for when we get up in the morning. We have a system for when we go to sleep, have a system for what we eat, how we interact with people. And we don't want to become robotic, but the more systems that we have in place, the fewer decisions that we have to make and the less that we get fatigued by all those decisions that we have to make. And then we can spend more of our energy and our thought process on those things that give us joy than just the, the grind that we typically have to go through. So my goal with my people is to help them 
have a life that they don't want to wake up from. And when you're burnt out, you want to go to sleep and wake up with a different life. You just do. So my goal is to help people devise that life that they don't want to wake up from. Oh, wow. Absolutely. Did you say systems? Oh, my God. That's our favorite word here because uh, I also believe systems set us free. I see that in business. I see that in life. You know, I mean, it's yeah, we're part of a system. And sometimes, yes, it sounds robotic or are so like, you know, human doings. Right. But uh, yeah, everything is a system. It's a habit. And the more we have that, those disciplines in place, the more we get to make decisions that have positive consequences for us. And we have decided those beforehand, ahead of time. <laughs> so we're not in the we're we're in the fire. We're not making those decisions out of our survival brain. So absolutely amazing advice. I absolutely agree. So let's talk about your experience in climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. How was how did that even how did you even uh, commit to that? Since we're speaking yeah. about commitment. Yeah, I am such a huge fan of relationships. I believe our life is about relationships. And when we have people to walk through life together, it's it's amazing. So um, with my dental team, uh, we were sitting, we were having a staff meeting and I wanted to pose the question to everybody, what's on your bucket list? And so I, I shared first, I said that climbing Mount Kilimanjaro was number one on my bucket list. I, I didn't know why it was just the next big thing that I could do. And so uh, I thought, yeah, I'll just throw that out there. So everybody else went around and, and with your people, with your family, with your team, that bucket list conversation is so fun because I think it gets people to really talk and think and you can see what their dreams are. Well, about an hour after our, uh, after our team meeting, one of my hygienists came up to me and said, hey, you said you want to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Well, I was at church this last week and there was a missions conference and there was somebody there who wants to take a team up Mount Kilimanjaro to raise money for a school in Tanzania. I said, you have got to be kidding me. So uh, I, I went home that night and talked to my wife and I said, hey, I think I'm going to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. And my wife is incredibly supportive. And she said, uh, OK, let's figure out the details. So I uh, ended up climbing with, uh, there's a team of seven of us. We ended up raising almost $70,000 for this school. Uh, and I tell you what, it made it so much more rich to go through that experience, knowing that in $70,000 in Tanzania, uh, that goes a long way. So it built multiple uh, rooms, classrooms, an administrative room. It got them some technology that they needed it was it was amazing and then that team of seven of us we climbed together five days up uh two days down and just to be able to and then when we got done we were able to travel to the school where we had been able to give the donation and spend part of a day with the students and the teachers and just see how they were going to benefit from what was happening and it was it was just this most amazing experience and and that it wasn't even the mountain climbing part. Getting to the top of Kilimanjaro at 19,341 feet and being able to see, we could clearly see the next tallest mountain in Africa, which is something like 40 miles away. So being able to see the top of the world above the clouds as the sunrise is coming up, it's just a, it's a moment I'll never forget. Hmm, wow. I mean, um, that's just kind of, 
shows that as human beings, we probably, when we set, you know, an ambitious goal, such as climbing a mountain or anything in our life or business or anything, you know, we will just go so far based on our own selfish need to kind of, I don't know, whatever it is, but it's always like amazing what we could do as humans when there's like a contributing factor on the other side, service, impact. Like we're doing it to help. We're doing it for a bigger purpose. And look, I mean, that was a big driver to, you know, getting up there and doing that. So I think even with our work as legacy builders and as we grow our companies and create the impact we want to create in the world, it's always about that contribution and that service that you have you are providing for others and that will get you up in the morning and that will get you to keep going even you know as that journey i'm sure how was that uh experience of uh climbing did you have those like doubt moments of like what am i doing you know how was the journey getting there was it smooth just like smooth like climbing up the mountain or did you have what challenges did you have there because that's really i think is a great metaphor for life and also business yeah, great, great question. I will tell you that I was in amazing shape, so that helped a ton. But the night that we were uh, were supposed to, we had about four hours to rest. So we had between 8 p.m. and midnight to rest, and then we were going to get up and start hiking at 12.30 in the morning so we could get up and see the sunrise. So we had about 4,000 feet of, of vertical that we had to climb. And so the mountain was not the most comfortable place to sleep. So it was pretty rocky. I slept on a about an inch thick uh, blow up air mattress and in a mummy type sleeping bag. But we had four hours and I'm, I'm not the best sleeper if I'm not in my own bed. So I took some sleep medication to be able to sleep on the mountain. So I took and I and this is this is not a recommendation, but for me, um, I took Benadryl and Ambien because I'm, I'm 225 pounds. I can handle that. And I knew it would conk me out. Well, what I didn't factor in is that I only had four hours to sleep. And so I took the medication and then woke up. I actually, um, the, my alarm didn't wake me up. One of the guys in my tent was shaking me, trying to get me to awake. Cause I was, I was gone. I was so asleep. And so I woke up and my, my, my whole body felt just sluggish. I say I felt drunk without the buzz. So I just didn't have anything. Uh, and ahead was six hours of switchbacks in the dark, uh, trying to conquer that 4,000 feet. So we were an hour into the hike and we took our first break and I laid down and fell asleep on the trail. And one of our guides was shaking me awake and, and he said, my friend, we go on. And so I had to realize that I took a sleeping pill in one of the biggest moments of my life. So it was just back and forth up to the top of the mountain in the dark, counting my steps, praying, doing anything I could to try to get one foot to move in front of the other until I got up there. I don't think it would have been that hard of a climb had I not self-sabotaged myself like that. Um, I certainly didn't intend to, but I've certainly learned that lesson. And I think, I think a lot of times we do that in our lives as business owners and in our lives in general, we'll make some poor choices and we just make life so much harder for ourselves. 
instead of getting a good night of sleep, will go down a video rabbit uh, rabbit hole on Instagram or Facebook. And all of a sudden we've lost two hours of sleep because we're watching a bunch of goofy videos and we can't understand why we looked at the first one or we'll procrastinate something until the last moment and we don't get our best workout. So I think we have to be on the lookout for those moments when we self-sabotage ourselves, especially in the bigger moments of our lives. Wow, absolutely. And I think we have to share more of that. And yes, we make mistakes and, you know, we're uh, because it's a new experience. And sometimes, you know, even when we venture into growth, right, it's always new, it's uncertain, it's new territory. So, you know, um, we make mistakes. We don't always know how to get on the other side. But I think um, you sharing that and being vulnerable and a lot of us sharing sort of our ups and downs, the peaks and the valleys, right? Because we mostly see that on social media or with our content, like a big win. You know, yeah. I, my business is making this much. I climbed the mountain, you know, I went on this big media feature, like all of this, like the peaks, always like sharing the reels. And and for most people, when you do on the day, your day to day, when you come across, you know, the shitty feelings of the emotional roller coaster or decisions that you're making or things that you're overcoming uh, that are scary or, you know, hurtful, we, we, we just feel like adequate. We're like, well, you know, maybe I'm the, you know, I'm the only one feeling this. So most people will quit. So I think it's so important that we share part of the journey with all the highs and the lows of anything that we do because then we really uh connect with each other in a, in a much more um balanced way we're looking for balance in life i think the balance of life is that 50 percent is negative experiences and 50 percent is positive so the more we share both sides of the spectrum i think uh the more we can connect with each other and we don't uh compare um compare to something that's not even fair to compare to because that's a real you don't know what happened you don't know the, the the struggles that went into that big goal or that big win so yeah i love that thank you so much for sharing that well eric I, it seems like we can go on and on <laughs> uh and and continue our conversation but let's wrap up our um interview for, for today i would love to have a final message for uh, from you from our audience for our audience i should say and also where is it that people can continue the conversation with you yeah I, I was asked recently on a podcast, what is some advice that you would give to yourself on day one of work? If I could go back 20 years, get being out of dental school, what would I give myself advice? And that advice is really simple. I would look my, my younger self in the eye and say, you have to take care of yourself. You just do. Because the problem is we're we keep pouring out we keep emptying ourselves we keep and that's what we have to do we have to have impact on other people we have to work we have to do all those things but if we're not conscious and intentional about refilling our tank we're gonna have nothing to give and that's where burnout really really happens so i would just tell people you know we say it all the time when we leave we say take care have a good day take care well, it, it's good advice. We do need to take care of ourselves. And I think we we really, really neglect that. So if people want to continue the conversation, I would love to do that. Basically, home base for me is uh, my website. And it's really easy. It's just my name, ericrecker.com. On there, there's information about the win the now concept. There's information about uh, coaching and speaking. 
information about my book uh, that I wrote, and then I do a weekly blog on there. But as as my gift uh, to everyone, I want to share this. It's it's free. You can click on the free five days to knock back burnout challenge. So if you uh, subscribe to that, you'll get a series of emails that just help with some basic systems to try to start pushing back the hold of burnout that ha that has on people's lives. So if you feel like you're just a little bit burnout, it's a great place to start. Or even if you feel like you're down that road a little bit, uh, it's, it's a few things. Just know you're not alone and that there's some things that we can do to help right the ship. Absolutely. Well, great resources that you have put together there, Eric. Thank you so much for your presence, all the information and sharing your journey. Um, I It was an honor to have you on our show. And thanks again for listening. And I want to encourage all of you listeners to leave us comments wherever you're finding the show, whether it's social media or major podcast platforms. Let us know in the comments how is it that you're resonating with our guests and all the topics that we are talking about. Because again, uh, my purpose is to serve, right? So how is it that we can accommodate and really personalize, I should say, the topics and the information that are shared on our show so that you get the most value for your time. Thank you so much for watching and I'll see you next time. Bye everybody. I want to share with you the four books that would change your life personally and professionally. So the first book is Connecting the Dots Backwards, one of the books I've written that will help you connect the dots between your past, your present, and your future life vision. You will find topics in there around marketing, sales, spirituality, relationships, all the areas that you need to be fulfilled as a human being. The second book that I've written, which is a journal, accompanies the Connecting with the Dots book. And this journal will help you apply the information that you learn in the book into a journal. It has self-guided questions that you can go uh, through and into to get the clarity that you need to discover your values, your vision, and your mission. This is a journal attaching um, the book as well. And then Purpose Driven Entrepreneurship is my latest book where I have included my legacy framework in building legacy businesses, everything from mindset, branding, marketing, sales, systems, and team. And I have connected all the dots between all those areas so that you have the fundamentals that you need to build a truly legacy empire. And then my latest creation is the Focus on Purpose Planner for increased productivity and efficiency, where I have included a framework around your productivity, where you can plan ahead, uh, work on purpose, and leave amazing impact on the planet with your work. You can find any of my books on the website below, alonalopari.coaching.com books. And definitely grab your copy. Let me know. Leave me a review on Amazon and let me know how this book has impacted you and changed your life.